heard Reggie say, he saw me when he saw me. <laughs> Y'all catch that on the way home. He saw me when he saw me. He saw me just the way I was, but yet he still loved me the way I am. He saw me when he saw me. And when he first looked at me, he knew I was a mess, but yet he still loved me. It's the one place I can come into his presence and say, Lord, here I am. I'm a hot mess. He said, yeah, but I love every bit of you. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord is the place of liberty. Can you say amen to that? Y'all be seated. Y'all making me nervous. Because y'all know I still cut. I'll rush up here for him. Put my knife right here. Sit right there. Amen. Hey, oh, you're going to need some help. You rush up here. Amen. Yeah. I'm part holy and a whole lot hood. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the house of the Lord. I'm holy hood. Amen. Holy hood. I got more holy hood folk in the house. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. If you're here for the first, second, or third time, amen, would you do me a favor? Would you lift your hand? Amen. If you would around. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hey, come on. Make them feel welcome. Stand on your feet. Praise God. You stood up last, so I'm going to give you a peppermint. Amen. Hey, Talk to him a peppermint, Red. Give him a peppermint. Oh, Amen. <laughs> Not you for him, man. He stood up last. Oh, I thought you said for me. Well, you need one, too? Amen. Thank you, boss. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Not that you need one, but I just felt like giving you something. And I ain't got no money. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I, yeah, I don't have no more. Yeah. Hey, I ain't got no money. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Every dime well spent. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't be jealous. Amen. <laughs> daughter, you got the glory on you, daughter. Look over there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We welcome you guys uh, into the service on this morning. For those who are streaming by way of Facebook, we thank God for each of you tuning in. Hey, guys, look, this Tuesday is our night of worship, so I want to invite all you guys to come out and be a part of our night of worship. And then our youth uh, coming up February 7th is Super Bowl Sunday. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're not celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm trying to elevate you this morning. Because the devil has came and he has suppressed you and held you down because you have some flaws and some mistakes and some mess ups and all of this stuff. Now you got some hang ups when it comes to God and how God wants to use you. Now you're telling God what he can do and what he can't do. God, you can't use me. The devil is a lie. God will use whoever he wants to use. If you give him a yes, somebody shout yes. That's all you got to do. And you'll go in the grocery store and the Holy Ghost begin to speak to you. And you'll walk up to somebody and say, thus said the Lord. Right. Woo! Yeah. That's the power of the church. Amen. If you give God yes, you'll be going, driving down the highway. You'll see somebody on the side of the road limping and God will unction you to get out the car. Say, be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Same power. The scripture says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, that power is enough to raise the dead. Come on with your live self. <laughs> I didn't say your lying self. Well, maybe two, but your lying self. Grab your Bibles. Hallelujah. What's my prayer? Read it with me. Lord. I hope it's your prayer now. You're asking God to connect you with those who are not connected to him. That has to be your prayer. So guess what? Next Sunday, this Tuesday, let's start Tuesday. Find somebody who is disconnected and drag them. Come on, flex for me, Seth. Drag them. Yeah, if you got to pick them up, drag them. That's my prayer, that, God, I want to be connected with those who are not connected with you. Grab your Bibles. Revelation, chapter number 3, verse number 21. When you have it, stand to your feet. If you're looking for revelations, you won't find it. You're in the wrong book. Some of y'all looking at me strange. It is not revelations. It is what? It is singular, not plural. It is a revelation, singular, not multiple. But it is this one singular revelation that unfolds many layers of God. So you only need one. Somebody shall just need one. You just need one revelation from God. That's it. And that one revelation, watch this, unfolds itself in 66 books. Amen. To my shout, I just need one. Amen. All standing if you're able. Strengthen your body. All rise. The judge is in his chambers. King Jesus, the judge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love this. Hey, y'all. I'm going to leave it alone. Just need one. Amen. Let's make our faith declaration this morning. Amen. Would you repeat after me? Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. My mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Shout it loud. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Talk to your neighbor and say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. I think your other neighbor's jealous. Smile at them and say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. 
make a prophetic declaration over yourself and say, wealth and riches shall be in this house. Somebody shout, I got it. Yeah, yeah, because see, the Bible says that he had deposit treasures in earthen vessels. You are a depository of treasures. You are the, the, the mint of heaven. The U.S. mint, where they keep all the gold. You're the mint for heaven. God just downloads treasures on their side of you. You're wealthy. Somebody shout, I'm wealthy. Oh, but my bank account is empty. Not that type of wealth. You're filled with the wealth of his presence. Woo! I feel glory on that. Ah, somebody shout, wealth and riches. Shall be in this house. I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church, uh, church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. amen. Revelation. Amen. Well, let's start here first before we get to Revelation. Y'all, y'all stay there because I just want to read this to you. Y'all stay in Revelation. It says in uh, the book of wisdom of Solomon, this in the King James, the Apocrypha. It says this, for God created man to be mortal and made him to be the image of his own eternity. Oh, let me read that again because you didn't catch that. God created you to be mortal, and he made you to be in the image of his own eternity. You, you, you look like God eternal. You are the eternal image of God. And God's eternal image never changes. I don't care how many wrinkles you get, how much hair you lose, how much weight you gain. You eternally look like God. The women are looking at me like, thank God for that. When you get older in God, you look better and better. Because <laughs> you look like God eternally. To number three, verse 21. The one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. To the one who is victorious, somebody shout, I have the victory. I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Somebody shout, I have the victory. Let us pray. Father, now we thank you for the victory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated. Them long, strong prayers. Seth, no, we like them short power pack prayers. <laughs> amen. Amen. Just because you pray long don't mean you pray strong. Amen. Some of y'all spending hours in prayers and no manifestation. Hallelujah. I'm going to free you up this morning. Some of y'all praying in vain anyway. I'm going to tell it like it is. Hang on a second. Just in case. Some of y'all praying in vain anyway. Prayer's going to miss. You know why? There's a glass ceiling over your prayers. Because your prayers are selfish. It's about what you want God to do for you instead of what you need to do for God. See, your prayer should always start, God, what can I do for you? God, I need a healing. God says, shut up. You already got healing. 
I need you to pray that I would anoint you to lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Oh, God. Did you ever see Jesus pray something for himself? And the moment he tried to, he quickly got it together. Lord, let this cup pass from me. Oh, my bad, Lord. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Every prayer that Jesus prayed, it was for God's people. It was always for somebody else. Every time he prayed, it was a prayer to increase somebody else. And watch this. When you learn to pray the will of the Father, then the benefits of that prayer is the reward thereof. He says, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all thereof. Everything will be added unto you. So you don't have to pray for stuff. You need to pray for people. And as you're praying for people and their issues and their concerns, stuff is automatically added to you. Amen. It's like buying a new washing machine and dryer. You get this extended warranty and this extra coverage. You didn't ask for it. You didn't pay for it. But just because you got this, you got that. Okay. Y'all know I'm, I'm still trying to get delivered. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this because this is where. So everything else is added to you when you begin to pray and to intercede for other people. And a lot of times our prayers are so focused on us that we miss the plan of God. So time we're praying, sometimes we're praying for things and it goes against the vein and the will of God. And God says, if you will pray for this, then automatically this will be added unto you. But I need you to pray the way I want you to pray. That's why when Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. When you pray, pray this way. He gave us the commission and the command that when you pray, I need you to pray like this. Don't pray like that. Can you say amen? Amen. Hear this. It is the word that is at work in me that works for me. Y'all heard that, right? It is the word that works in me that is at work that works for me. So the word has to get in you and do some work. Tell your neighbor, let the word do the work. Stop judging your neighbor. And let the word do the work. Wives, stop judging your husbands and let the word do the work. Husbands, stop judging your wives and let the word do the work. Can I take a pause for a second? My daughter posted on Facebook the other day about her car and the dings in her car. She said, I'm judging people. She said the dings in her car was because of other people, not even her fault. But she drives a hoopty. And people look at the hoopty and they judge her because of the hoopty, not knowing that the dings were not even her fault. How many of us are dinged up today? (laughs) Got some dings. You didn't even cause it. You didn't ask for it. But somebody ran into you. Somebody bagged into you. Somebody dropped you. Somebody did you wrong. It wasn't your fault, but you messed up from it. And now people are looking at you based upon the fact that you, you got your house repossessed, your car repossessed, you, you're divorced and all that, and they're looking at you, and it wasn't even your fault. But they're judging you for your actions, and it wasn't your fault. Hallelujah. So you got to let the word do the work. Somebody shall let the word do the work. Let's get to it. I want to talk to you real briefly from the subject of created to have dominion. Somebody shall I was created to have dominion. Yeah. Uh, The authority of God is a tremendous uh, thing in the universe. The authority of God. The authority of God overshadows every authority upon the earth. 
It is the authority of God that everything is established according to his authority. God's authority represents he himself. His authority in the earth realm represents him. It overshadows every throne that has ever been built. Somebody shout God's authority. So hear this. God's throne is established on his authority. God's authority represents God himself. God alone is authority in all things. Hear that. God alone is authority in all things. God alone is authority in all things, and all the authorities on the earth is instituted by God. Can you say amen to that? There is no authority in the earth realm that God did not institute. Now, remember, there's a difference between authority and power. You remember? You can have power, but you also need authority. Power without authority is illegal. Okay? It takes both. So just because you have power don't mean that you are powerful. Because you can have all the power in the world, but without the authority to use it, it's in vain. Oh, God. Are you hearing me? So in order to operate in the power that God has given you, you must also have the authority to rest upon that power. Because if you try to use that power without God's permission, then you will have caused treason to his throne. You have come against the kingdom of God because you're trying to do something other than God has commissioned you to do. Amen. So we're going to talk about authority. That I was born to have dominion. We see in the gospel of Matthew chapter number eight, the centurion soldier who understands authority. And when he comes to Jesus, as Jesus enters into Capernaum, They came unto him, a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home with the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should have come under my roof. But speak the word only. Somebody shall speak the word. He says, speak the word only. See, the centurion had... He had the understanding of what authority is and power. He was a man under authority. Watch the text. He says, but speak the word only. My servant shall be healed. For I am a man, what? I know authority, but I also know the power of your word. And if you will just speak it, stuff will happen. You don't even have to be there. Just say it. You don't even have to come. Just speak my word. But watch. He understood authority because he was a man under authority. And because he knew about authority, he knew about the power of God's word. So he says, you have the authority to speak it. And if you would speak it, it would happen. Glory to God. Because I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And I say to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found such so great faith, no, not in Israel. He had to turn to people following him who were supposed to be disciples, who should have understood about dominion and authority and power. And he had to turn to them and say, Look, this guy gets it, 
What's up with y'all? He understands the power of my word that I can just speak it and stuff happens. But y'all don't get it yet? I mean, I understand you was uh, 20 minutes late for service, but you should have got it by now. I know you only made it to church only one time this month, but you should have got it by now. I know you've been saved 20 years, but by now you should have gotten this, that when I speak, stuff happens, and I have the authority to say, and when I say it, stuff happens. And you should understand that, that because the same authority that I have and power, I now give unto you. So when you speak, somebody better hear me this morning. When you speak, stuff can happen. He says, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. Hear this, the level of authority that you submit to determines the level of authority delegated to you. God. Boy, that's where it gets real tight and the air goes out the room. The level of authority that you submit to is the level of which you get delegated back to you. So if you don't submit to authority then you don't get to walk in authority. And the level that you submit to determines how much you get to walk in. So when you submit yourself up under the authority and the lordship of Christ, and you submit yourself wholeheartedly, then the more you submit to, the more you get to walk in. Oh, that was good. So some of y'all only submit to five minutes of reading and prayer time. So you get up thinking you've done something. So now you only got five minutes of power. <laughs> yeah, y'all remember the Mario Brothers and you eat the mushroom? Bloom, 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 bloom. And you become Super Mario and then all of a sudden you, y'all looking at me strange. You know, you, you big Super Mario and all of a sudden you just shrink back down. That's, that's just like you in the spirit and the natural with God. Is that you get in his presence five minutes, you think you've done something, you come out there like this. And five minutes later, you're like this. And Satan is whipping your tail because you only submitted to this level, so therefore only this level of authority has been delegated unto you. Now you find yourself on the level fighting new devils that you can't handle. And you wonder why you can't sleep at night because you only submitted to this level. And the devils you're facing is on this level. Oh, somebody walk with me this morning. So the level of authority that you submit to determines the level of authority that is delegated to you. Watch the word, catch word, delegated. It is not your authority. He gives you authority. He delegates it to you. So that which is delegated can also be detracted. Hear me. So he says, I give you my authority to operate. And when you don't operate in, he said, give me that back. Come on. Oh, God. Come on. Jeremiah, chapter number 15. I'm sorry, John, uh, chapter number one, uh, verse number one. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was what? God. Say it loud like you believe it. Was what? So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was? Y'all don't sound like y'all believe it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was? I don't think your neighbor understand. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was? He was in the beginning. He was God and the Word. He was with God in the beginning. Watch this. Verse number three says, through all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Tell your neighbor, everything has been made by the word. Now watch, this is where it gets interesting. Verse number 12, it says, Yet to all who did not receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, you were created to have dominion. The day that you believe, he has given you the right to become the children of God. You have this right. The day you believe, you come into the kingdom of God. And the day you come into the kingdom of God, you were created to have dominion. Somebody shout dominion. And you become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of the word became flesh. Ah, this is what I like right here. And made his dwelling amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Hear this, beloved. The word must become flesh for miracles to manifest. The word must become flesh in order for miracles to manifest. What are you saying, apostle? Is that the word of God has to become flesh. So that if you want to see miracles and to operate in the dominion and the power that God is giving you, the word must become flesh. So in other words, it cannot just be words on the page. You have to flesh it, flesh it out. So that what you read, you now have to enact. Okay. So you just can't have a bunch of head knowledge and a lot of word knowledge. You've got to have some implementation. Word without application is dangerous. Well, revelation without application is abomination. But you've got to have some implementation. So it's not enough just to have the word, but you've got to act on the word. <sighs> well, y'all hear me this morning. Don't just be a hearer of the word. But you got to do something. Tell your neighbor, do something. If you got a situation that you're faced with right now that you're going through, you got to do something. Because if you don't do something, something's going to do something to you. If you don't do something, then something's going to do something to you. If you don't put a word on it, then the word don't ever become flesh to manifest a miracle in your life. Now watch this. It's better for you to say something about something than not to say nothing at all. Because if you say something and something happened, glory to God. If you don't say something and nothing happens, then who do you give glory to? Oh, it's the devil. Y'all know, you, you know, something happened in your life. Oh, the devil is at me again. It ain't the devil. You should have said something. You have the power to do something. You have dominion and authority. Say something. How are you going to blame the devil for something you should have done? That's why when Jesus, I mean, when God in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, I'm getting too excited. I'm sorry, y'all. 
I was getting ahead of myself. I'm trying to get you out to a place this morning. So when, when, when in the Garden of Eden, let's start there before we get to Gethsemane. God approached Adam first. He didn't approach the serpent. Why did he not approach the serpent first if it was the serpent's fault? Now, he's an all-knowing, all-wise God. So if it was the serpent's fault, he should have went right to the serpent, right? And said, why did you beguile Eve? Why did you trick them? No. Who did he go to first? He went to the man. Because it wasn't Satan's fault. It wasn't the serpent's fault. Because the serpent only do what a serpent does. There was a man walking down the road, dirt road. And as he was walking down the road, he encountered a serpent, a snake on the ground. The snake was badly injured. So the man picks up the snake, cuddles the snake, brings the snake home. He nurtures the snake, cares for the snake, nurtures the snake back to health, becomes friends with the snake. They are buddies. He takes the snake everywhere he goes. The snake sleeps in the bed with him. And one day he's out in the backyard playing with the snake. They're playing catch. He throws a stick. The snake goes and grabs the stick and brings it back to him. He throws the stick again. The snake goes and grabs the stick and brings it back to him. On the third time he throws the stick, the snake grabs the stick, comes back, and he bites the man. And the man looks at the serpent and says, why did you bite me? I love you. I care for you. I nurture you back to help. I let you sleep in my bed. Why did you bite me? The serpent says, you knew I was a snake when you brought me in here. Snakes bite. Ducks quack. Dogs bark. Snakes do what snakes do. They bite. So here it is. We're always blaming Satan, but sometimes it's our fault. So God's going to come to you. Not to Satan, because he said that you have the authority and dominion. Watch this. Over all the creeping and crawling things on the face of the earth. A snake creeps and crawls. He had dominion and authority over the serpent. So God challenged him at his dominion, not at Satan's dominion. Are you hearing me this morning? So you have dominion. So you got to say something. And it's not always Satan's fault. Somebody shout, it ain't always his fault. The word must become flesh in order for miracles to manifest. So let's go to the word and see how it manifests in Luke, the gospel, chapter number four. Hallelujah. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan to be led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Now, here is some contrast in the text and translations. Some translations say that Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted. That is an erroneous translation. Or there is to be tested, not tempted, because we know God will not tempt us. But not only that, it was not a leading for the purpose of which him to be tempted of Satan, but while he was in the wilderness, Satan tempted him. Are you understanding that? 
So while Jesus is there, Satan takes the opportunity now to tempt Jesus while he's in the wilderness. You got to understand that. Because Romans tells us that God will take everything that the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for what? For good. So while he's in the wilderness at his weakest point, Satan now tempts him. So Jesus, being tempted by the devil, he had nothing during those days to eat. And at the end of them, he was what? Hungry. You know, it's medically proven that you don't starve until after 39 days. People talk about I'm starving. And it's day one. Y'all know on this Daniel fast, you know, first 21 days, and you're like, Lord, I'm starving. You ain't starving. <laughs> you, ain't, you hungry. You ain't starving. <laughs> starving at 39 days. After the 39th day, you are in starvation. Your body begins to eat your body. Amen. The doctor knew a couple of things. So, so after 40 days, he was hungry and tempted. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is what? Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their, watch this key word, we're talking about dominion and authority. I will give you their authority and splendor. Splendor can also be known as glory. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. Now watch, at first Jesus in Matthew, uh, it gives this account on the back end, but in Luke he puts it in the middle. In Matthew, he goes through the bread and being thrown off the cliff. Then it gets to this passage of scripture. Now, Jesus is calm during all of this time. He's just talking casually and with the devil. Oh, man shall not eat bread alone. And Satan tells him in Matthew, if you would jump from this mountain, the angels will hold you up. That's what the word says. And Jesus said, well, you should not tempt the Lord thy God. But it gets here in Luke. He says this. He says that I will give you the authority. And watch how Jesus snap on Satan. He said, if you will worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord thy God, serve him only. In, in Matthew, he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because Satan is trying to give something that don't belong to him. Satan is trying to sell him a bag of goods. He's trying to give him authority that he can't give. Oh, God. Tell your neighbor you have authority. Tell your neighbor you got dominion. And Jesus get angry. Why? Because Satan is trying to pass off something that don't belong to him. I'm going to give you all of the authority from these kingdoms. Satan, these are not your kingdoms. How are you going to give something that don't belong to you? You may have power, but you ain't got no authority. And he's trying to pass off. Jesus said, for it is written. He will command, and that's the other part of that. In Luke, he says, if you jump from the mountaintop, the angels will call, uh, guard you and hold you and not cause you to dash your foot upon the rock. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. And when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Catch that in the text. 
He left Jesus, but he was coming back. The psalmist said earlier that sometimes we walk in deliverance, but that spirit comes back. Can I stay there for a second? You know how sometimes you come into church and you feel uh, that you've been delivered for a minute and then you find yourself back in bondage again? That's what Satan is always lurking. He's going to leave for a season, but he's looking to come back. Oh, my marriage is good right now. Just keep staying married. It's coming. Oh, we're doing good on the job. Okay, just keep showing up. Oh, I'm real healthy and things are good. Yeah, just keep living. Satan is always looking to come back. And watch, he comes by seasons. Oh, Satan comes by seasons. And he is always looking for the season of which you're struggling to tempt you the greatest. Wow, that's good right there. He is always looking when you're at your weakest to test you. He's not going to come when you're at full strength because he knows he can't handle you at full strength. He waits till your energy level has been depleted. That's when he want to test you. He, he, he waits till you're at your weakest moment when it's the midnight hour and your body is craving. <sighs> Amen. That's when he going to come to test you. Come on, single people. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Talking about what do the lonely do at Christmas. You better go to bed. <laughs> you better fall in love with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. 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 Keep me, Jesus. Hold me tight. <laughs> Amen. Because you know you got that black book still on the countertop. You just... Amen. So, got to walk in deliverance. So Satan comes by seasons. Hear this. Write this down. God does not operate by seasons. God operates in seasons. God does not operate by seasons. He operates in seasons. So no matter what season you're in, God still is at work. Okay? You got to know that. No matter what season you're in life, God is still at work. He's still at work. It could be a dark season. God is still working in the darkness. It could be a drought. God's still working in the drought. It could be a season of lack. God is still at work. It could be a season of sickness. God is still at work. And if you don't realize and recognize that God is still at work, then you'll miss God working. And you'll be saying, God, where are you? He said, I'm right here. I'm working it out. But you miss me. I'm right here, but you bypassed the healing because you were so focused on the sickness that you missed that I was still working. You missed the opportunity because you were so focused on the doors being shut, you couldn't see the doors open. I'm still working. Somebody shout, he's still working. He's still at work. You know why? Because you have the dominion in the earth realm. Your dominion means that you have ruling and reign in the domain where you live. So when you say, God, listen, here I me right here, God. I'm one of your servants. And there's some trouble in this area over here. <laughs> there's some issues right here. And I, by the authority you have given me, I declare the heavens be open right here. 
just right here. That's your dominion that you have. If you don't understand that as a believer, remember, miracle signs and wonders follow you. You have the dominion. God says he has given you ruling, authority, governance, so you can govern those things. There are things that are happening in your life you have rulership over. Sickness in your life, take ownership of it. I don't say own the sickness, but take ownership of it and say, listen, you, listen, I got power over you. And I can tell you to go if you, you don't have to stay. You don't have no right in this temple. You have to go. Thoughts that come into your mind. The Bible says you can pull them down. Oh, every high thought that would exalt itself against the wrong. Every high thought, you can pull it down. So when those thoughts come in your mind, when you can't sleep at night, you toss and turn, you reach it for the, uh, what, what's that? Uh, my, not my doll, what's that? Sleep aid? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's on side your bed. Melatonin. melatonin, yeah, it's on side your bed, you know. You, you, when you reach for that melatonin, you can tell those thoughts to leave your mind. You have the power and the domain to do so. Amen. Oh, God, I'm too many religious folk in here today. Let me, let me go on to the next part. Watch this. The Bible is the absolute and final spiritual authority. Do not go beyond what is written. Amen. Hear that. Do not go beyond what is written. So guess what? If it's written, then you in the vein. Amen. Amen. If it's written, it's okay. Oh, y'all, maybe I don't read y'all Bible. But it is the absolute authority of God. So if God has written it in his word, then you can proclaim what is written and what the results of what is written will manifest and nothing that Satan can do about it. Can y'all shout amen? amen? So here's keys to dominion, and I'm wrapping it up. Keys to your dominion. Watch this. Say only what you heard. This is a key to walking in your dominion. Only say what you heard. Only say what you heard. Hear this, don't follow the herd, follow what you heard. A lot of times we want to follow the crowd. Oh, that's the way they're going, let's go with them. You better stick with what you heard from God. Follow what you heard, not the herd. Because a lot of times we get church clickish and we follow the click. And the click end up navigating us and directing us around God and we miss God. And watch this, they do good things but not God things. And it looked okay. I mean, they ain't hurt nobody. It was just a one drink, that's all. You know, the Bible says that you can have a little drink, just drink in moderation. And you're following the herd because that's the way they're going. But you got 10 years of sobriety. God had given you dominion over and you had authority over that thing. But you got out of the will of God. So guess what? It was delegated authority. So he snatched his authority back. Now you find yourself with no power and no authority. Now you had that one drink that becomes two drinks. And those two become three. And those three become six. And six become 12. And 12 become 24. And 24 become 48. And now you're back stuck in that bondage again. Why? Because you followed the herd and you didn't follow what you heard from God. And God said, don't go that way. But you went that way anyway. Tell your neighbor, follow what you heard. That's all you got to do. Only do what you heard from God. And if God say do it, then do it. It's better for you to fulfill the will of God than your own will. The next key to dominion is do only what you saw. 
Jesus said this. He said, I only do what I see my father do. Hallelujah. John, 5, John chapter number 5, verse number 19. Jesus gave them the answer. Very, uh, uh, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Can I tell you something that sons and daughters God will show you? He don't want to hide nothing from you. It is the spirit of God that reveals the mysteries of God. God is try- not trying to be mysterious. Oh, God operates in mysterious ways. No, he don't. His ways are not mysterious. It's a mystery, but it's not mysterious. God is not mysterious. And watch this. He wants you to know his mysteries. That's why he has given you the power of the Holy Ghost to reveal his mysteries unto you. You cannot read this Bible without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the mysteries of his word. And as the Holy Spirit comes in, he reveals stuff. He reveals mysteries. So God is not mysterious. Tell your name, God is not mysterious. So God wants you to see. He don't want you to be blind. Amen. That's why I got new glasses. God wants me to see. Amen. Yes, and he will show you, watch this, him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. So, say only what you heard. Do only what you saw. Number three, reflect the Father's image. Reflect the Father's image. To walk in dominion, you got to walk like God walks. Reflect his image. Reflect his image. And last, stick to your assignment. This is how you walk in dominion. Say only what you heard. Do only what you saw. Reflect his image and stick to your assignment. Tell your neighbor, stick to your assignment. So when God assigns you to do a thing, fulfill the assignment. And watch this. Your assignment is not up until the assignment is complete. Because if you leave outside of your assignment or before your assignment is up, then you lose the authority that was attached to your assignment. Some of you are operating now in great domain and authority and power, and it's only because you're attached to your assignment. And the moment that you leave outside of your assignment, all the power and authority and domain has been removed off of your life. So you're wondering why what worked over here is not working over there. You're wondering why, because you left your assignment incomplete, and the authority and the power was attached to that assignment. So you see great miracle signs and wonders happening. Why? Because that was your assignment to fulfill. And the delegated authority and power was given to you attached to that assignment, but you got out of place. Oh, they treated me bad. They done this. And you got out of place. I'm going to go over here and do it. And you're over here struggling and striving, trying to make stuff happen. You wonder why it ain't happening. When it was so effective over here. Amen. People was getting saved, healed, and delivered, and all that stuff over here. You get over here, well, it's going to work over here. No, it ain't, boo. Because you left your assignment. Your assignment was not complete. Jesus said, I come for this purpose, 
that the works of the devil be destroyed. He stayed in his assignment. People left him. He stayed in his assignment. People talked about him. He stayed in his assignment. People tried to kill him. He stayed in his assignment. People did kill him. He stayed in his assignment. Jesus stayed to his assignment. As long as he was in his assignment, he had dominion, power, and authority. Stuff happened. Why? Because he stayed to his assignment. You got to stick to your assignment. If you want to have dominion and walk in the power of God, stick to your assignment. I don't know what your assignment is this morning in its totality. I do know one part. Second Corinthians says that you have the ministry of reconciliation. That's one assignment that you cannot escape and will never be complete until the coming of Christ. That you have to reconcile others back to Christ. The moment you step out and you do not fulfill your assignment, you have no authority. The moment you stop doing what you were commissioned to do, your authority has ended. When you stop connecting people back to Christ, authority has ended. So now you have no right to call that which is not as though it is because you're not operating your assignment. You don't have a right to call on heaven for healing because you're not operating in your assignment. Now watch, I'm saying for you to call on heaven. Heaven will call on you because God is sovereign. So if he wants to heal your body in spite of you, he's going to heal your body. Or you hear me. If God wants you set free, he's going to set you free because he's sovereign. He'll do that. But there's some things where you're struggling with now. You say, God, listen, by the sovereignty, power, and authority you have given me, I declare now by your word what you said. I'm saying what you said. I'm doing what I saw Jesus do. And he spoke to sickness. He sent the word and sickness was healed. He just sent the word. I prayed for a lady in the hospital over the fall. I just sent the word. She was on a ventilator. They took off three days later. I, I went and visit uh, a, a friend of mine. He was in the ER. And, you know, I got a clergy bag, so I got favor. So I go back in the ER through a glass window. He's in the glass window in the booth and he got COVID. And I spoke a word through the window. He couldn't breathe. Chest was pounding. He was in hospital for a whole week. They let him go, sent him home. He went back. It's like, man, and he's in the room, in the glass room, in triage. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to be healed and declare the glorious works of the Lord. The very next day, he called me up, man, I'm feeling better, man. What's going on? Want to do lunch? Couldn't breathe. Oxygen levels was low. Hallelujah. I boast in the Lord because watch the same power resting you. The same power resting you. You have that domain. But you got to know who you are and you have to fulfill your assignment. You have to know who you are and you have to fulfill your assignment. Can you say amen? amen? So this morning before I close, I'm going to put my knife away because some of y'all are scared. <laughs> There's somebody here today. Can we get the musicians back in place? There's somebody here today. 
you have strayed away from your assignment. You're not walking in the place God will have you to walk. You're in church but not connected to the church. You visit the church, but it's only visitation. That's all it is. You're not connected. You're just here to fulfill a religious duty. That's all. A checkbox that you're checking off. But today he's trying to reconnect you into the kingdom for his purpose. That you can operate and walk in the dominion and the power that he has for you to walk in. Watch. For his sake. And for the glorification of his kingdom. So I believe there's those of you here today. You've been out of sorts with the kingdom of God. Not operating in this dominion and authority. And watch, some of you are masking it under church hurt. Some of you are masking it up under well, you know, that's their job and their assignment. Some, some are saying, that's not my job, that's the preacher's job. Some of you are saying, well, you know, that's good for them, but it's not good for me. And today, today, right now, things are about to change. Things are about to change. It's going to start with you stepping in the water. It's going to start with you giving God a yes. I'm not going to just come to church and sit on the bench. I'm not just going to check a box off to say I did my religious duties for the week. I'm going to get in the game. I'm going to start walking out in dominion and authority that has been given unto me. More so ever than now, the church needs to operate in this authority. More so than ever. It's time to rise up. It's time to take your place. For those of you here today, that's you today. You've been standing on the sidelines. You've been sitting on the back end. You know God has called you to to certain things, but you hadn't jumped in and done it. Today's your day. That's you. Stand to your feet. Come on. Rise. Rise. God is calling you higher. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. If that's you, stand to your feet. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. Now watch this. This is in spite of you. He's calling you higher because he's got something for you to do. It ain't about your past. It ain't about your present. It's about his future hope and glory that he has to place on your life. That's you. Stand to your feet. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. Father, we thank you. I believe there's others now that should be standing. I'll wait. God has waited all this time, eternity for you. Surely we can wait another minute while you wrestle within yourself, while you try to reconcile with yourself something that is unreconcilable your will to do what the father will versus your own that's unreconcilable just do what the father told you to do and if that's you today stop wrestling in your mind 
Just say, Father, I'm going to do what you call me to do. That's you stand to your feet. I'm going to do what you call me to do. Uh-huh. 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 See, right now you're wrestling with this because you think this is about salvation. It ain't about salvation. That's the easy part. You standing right now, it's the hard part. The easy part is saying, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life because you didn't have to climb on the cross. You didn't have to be persecuted, ridiculed. You didn't have to be stabbed in the hands with nails and spikes. You didn't have to have a crown of thorns pressed upon your head, a spear in your side. That's the part that's difficult that you did not have to do. The hard part is what you just did. It's stand to your feet. But that's the part you have to do that God won't do for you. Will there be one other that will say, today is the day. Today is the day. I'm giving God a yes. If that's you, stand to your feet. I'm giving God a yes. Stand to your feet. Thank you, sir. 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 I hear the word of the Lord. Take me down just a minute. I hear the word of the Lord. Church is not a fancy thing for you. It's not something that you really desire. But God has been tugging and drawing at you and pricking at your heart. It's not something that you regularly find yourself in a church service. And I'm not trying to put your business out on Fresh Street. But to you, church ain't cool. So you've been in and out. You saw the phony and the fallacies of church and all of that stuff, and it turned you off. But God has you here today. As you hear today, I see there's healing coming into your body. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's healing coming into your body. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All in the abdominal area, God is bringing healing to your body. But it's not just a physical healing. God says he's healing your soul today. He's healing your soul. He's healing your soul. He's healing your soul. He's healing your soul. I see regret and remorse. Ooh, Jesus. Regret and remorse. There's some things you have done that you wish you hadn't done, but you've done it. And because of the man that you are, you stood behind it. But the Lord is healing you today. The grief and the condemnation he's removing now in the name of Jesus. And I don't know who Yolanda is, but we thank God for her and what God is doing in her life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And who she means to you. But we thank God for the manifestation in Jesus' mighty name. Can we lift our hands? Father, now we thank you for the body of Christ coming back into dominion and authority. And Father, for everyone that has stood to their feet, I thank you for kingdom glory resting upon their shoulders. I thank you for the authority and dominion, God, that you have uh, placed upon them. I thank you, God, as they walk out, Father, they're walking out in great power and greater works. That miracle signs and wonders indeed will follow them, God. And Father, the greatest miracle that has taken place, Father, in their lives is the yes that they have given you. So, Father, today we thank you. We bless you now, God. 
And Father, I pray that every demonic force in hell that would come their way, God, would flee and tremble now in the name of Jesus. That this hedge of protection around them, God, will keep them and cover them even in the midnight hour, God, when they find themselves encamped around about with a multitude of enemy, God, that their eyes will be open, that they will see indeed, God, that there are more for them than against them, God. That, Father, I declare and decree in this day, God, as the enemy comes in one way, they shall scatter in seven ways, God. I pray now in the name of Jesus, God, as they come into the kingdom and power and glory, God, that you have upon them, God, that they shall indeed, God, give you great glory here in the earth realm. So, Father, we bless now. We thank now, God. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands down if you're here today and you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. And today you want to get it right. Today is the day. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't miss this opportunity. If you backslidden, today is the day to get it right. Y'all remain standing if you would. Lift your hand in the air if that's you today. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if that's you. Lift your hand in the air. Wave it at me. If that's you today. Amen. Is she stretching or, or waving? Hey, she's stretching. Amen. I'm about to say the babies are getting saved. Amen. Amen. Anybody today? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. My last appeal to you today, you don't have a church home. You need a church home. You need to connect with the body of Christ. Because if you're not connecting, you're disconnected. And if your power is turned off, if your power get disconnected, then you don't have power to operate. So don't be disconnected today. Be connected to the body. If that's you, you don't have a church home. Or maybe you're in transition and you felt the Spirit of God tugging you here. If that's you, shoot your hand in the air with me right now, connecting today. If that's you, wave your hand at me. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Are there any others today? Any others today? Any others? Amen. Look around. Look around. Look around. Ask your neighbor, are you the one? Are you the one? Amen. Ask your neighbor, are you connected? Are you connected? Tell your neighbor, get connected. Did they say yes? They need to connect? Then, amen, wave at me. Amen. Any others? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, a lot of hands moving. Praise God. All right, give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. Amen. Well, bless the Lord on today. We thank God for each of you. We thank God for his glory and for his presence. Father, now we thank you, God, for this opportunity to share your word. Father, we pray today, God, that this word will manifest even the greater in the lives of your people. Let a manifestation of your glory come upon them now. Bless and keep them now, God. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Lord, to pray us and sing us out for all of our first time, second time, even third time guests. I would love to shake your hand and meet you in the foyer. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you is my prayer. Amen.
Oh, oh, oh.